It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, coming in your ears at 96 kilobytes per second. Sunday the 19th of December 2021, episode 212. I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Ben. And I'm Armish Matt. The dwarf, the cripple and the mother of madness. And uh, I've got to say, I got mixed emotions about this one. Because we've got Midnight Mike here from OBDM. How are we doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Man, I got mixed emotions about this one. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, um, no, is it a soundboard off tonight? No, Mike's no, farting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play chill. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good to have you. Um, yeah, we've met, well, we've met a couple of times, I think, on the, the Union of the Unwanted, and I'm sure many people listening on our side are more than familiar with you too, with OBDM. I think there's a lot of uh, cross-contamination Seems to be, doesn't there? In the Discord, a lot of our listeners seem to know uh, OBDM. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, for those who aren't familiar, why don't you just fill us in, lay it out for people who maybe aren't familiar with the union and uh, OBDM, what it's all I'll about? I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll do my best. So the Union of the Unwanted was a, a podcast that we started about a year and a half ago during the beginning of this COVID kind of stuff. And it was uh, myself, Sam Tripoli, Ricky from the uh, Ripple Effect podcast, and Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions. And we got together one day, and uh, we just started inviting on more and more people. And now we do that podcast uh, every two weeks. And, and, and Phil, that's where I met you, over there. And it just keeps growing, and somehow we still keep doing the show, and the shows keep uh, getting good guests. So I guess we'll keep doing them. As for my other primary podcast, that's Our Big Dumb Mouth. I started that in 2006, uh, just goofing around because I had a bunch of recording equipment at my house um, and uh, kept at it pretty much every week uh, since then. The show has evolved over time, different hosts. I've been the only con- uh, constant on that show. Uh, that and the wacky news stories that we cover. Uh, conspiracies, paranormal stuff, and uh, just a, a whole host of stuff. We try not to take anything too serious, but uh, with the the current climate of everything that's going on, you can't help to, uh, can't help but to take certain things serious. But we try to goof around as much as possible and have fun, and that's about it. It's a hard line to sort of uh, well, it's a bit of a tightrope. The thing is, the way I look at it, um, there are far more people out there who are more capable than me of taking these things seriously and analyzing them, such as Charlie. Uh, And so that sort of pushes me in the direction that you've got to just have a laugh with it where you can and find the, pull out the weirdness and the, uh, what do you call it when something's not, not obscure? Obtuse? Yeah, something like that. 
pull up, yeah, pull obtuseness out your bum hole. And I guess try so. and have a I think obtuse it. is being difficult, but so that's the wrong word, I guess. Yeah. But with any of this kind of stuff, like uh, regardless, like uh, we try to goof around with everything. But I got a lot of backlash when we goof around with topics like Missing 411. And for anybody who doesn't know, Missing 411 is a phenomenon uh, that was and is documented by an author named David Politis. And he documents people who go missing in primarily, not all the time, primarily he documents people who go missing in the national parks or in wilderness areas. And there's various criteria that he uses to uh, create the missing 411 profile. And we goof around, not at at people meeting their demise or disappearing, but how ridiculous the scenario is that when you have a person uh, that is 10 feet away from you, 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 you turn your eyes and next thing you, you do, you turn back and they're gone five seconds later. That's a completely insane scenario. So you got to you got to think about all the, the goofiness that's around that. And when you upload clips like that to YouTube, they think that you're mocking the victims and we're not. We're mocking the situation and the 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 people in charge the like the forest rangers and the park services that are tight-lipped about these kinds of events happening and so it's kind of like a george carlin approach to kind of like darker sense of uh, sense of humor when it comes to this kind of stuff but out there in internet land people aren't that uh forgiving when you take topics that they really care about and you kind of goof them on them a little bit so What's you, the uh, what's the current thinking on what happened to them then, Mike? Is it is it sort of animal based or I mean, there's a lot of mad animals in national parks in America that we don't have over here. I mean, you might get pested by a pigeon in our parks or something, but uh, you've got mountain lions, all kinds of shit over. Oh yeah, there are uh, there are, there's uh, multiple different theories. Uh, obviously, you have one camp where it is something that is malicious and intentional, then the other camp is suggesting a coyote, whatever. Uh, But uh, for me, and depending on the story, because there's some pretty incredible tales, like there's a a toddler that went missing, and uh, next thing you know, this toddler was seen up on top of this mountainous ridge, probably a couple hundred feet up, and it was seen by a couple of hikers that had no association with the family, and this was a few miles away from when the toddler was last seen. Now, you could say, well, the toddler is just very uh, robust and is a great mountain climber and obviously could traverse this terrain on its own. Um, but other people are like, no, it's probably not likely that these kids, specifically kids that are below the age of five, are able to travel tens of miles within a span of a few hours on their own, barefoot, in extreme weather conditions. So some people speculate, oh, it's Sasquatch. Or uh, some people will speculate it's, it is a, it's a UFO. These are some sort of abduction sh- scenario. And other people lean towards, like, portals. And so there's really no real consensus. Uh, David Polites does, at the end of his talks, if you listen, uh, he, he drops some hints about paranormal activity that have occurred in regions where people do go missing that fit the missing 411 profile. He often brings up um, UFOs, UFO sightings that happen in that area. Um, then he will at, at times say that there are Sasquatch sightings in, in these areas as well. 
the time I saw David Politis talk, it was in January of 2020, right before all this shit hit the fan. And he spent the first half of his three-hour talk dissecting Bigfoot, uh, the information on Bigfoot, all the data he has collected over the years. And he's done a pretty thorough job of collecting data and what he believes Bigfoot to be. And the second part of the talk was missing 411. Now, he stated that these are two separate talks. Do not jump to any sort of logical conclusion. Just because I'm talking about one, you shouldn't infer that I am saying Bigfoot is responsible for these people going missing. And a lot of people did that. I chose not to. I think he's leaning in a, a bit of a different direction. And I think the missing 411 phenomenon is super complex and involves not one entity or another. I think it's it's, a, it's something a little bit more bizarre, something that I would uh, fit into the category of like you accidentally walked into a dimensional slip or a portal for a time being. And so you're just outside of this visible reality. But to you, everything seems kind of normal. Um, there was a there was a case, um, I think, in the 1920s. Uh, out west in the United States where there were three young people that went out hiking and hunting and, and just camping for a little while. Well, they, uh, they got separated from each other. The, uh, one of the guys uh, started to panic, and he cracked off a few shots. His other two friends never heard those shots get cracked off. Now, they, after their friend did not come home, they, they went to the authorities. They got a bunch of uh, search and rescue up there. They found nothing. I think his body was eventually found a year later, not that far from the original campsite. And next to them, they found his revolver. They found a knife. Um, but they claimed, the two people up there said, they heard no warning shots. They heard no distress fire or anything like that. So to me, like, if you're 500 feet away, you're going to hear that shot. You're going to hear you're going to hear your friend cry out for help. But for whatever reason, there was some sort of barrier there that prevented that from happening. Jeez, is it still going on? Like, there's some recent modern uh, disappearances uh yeah there there are things that uh, that happen that are kind of messed up um in i believe 2018 2019 there was a toddler in kentucky uh that went missing for about 72 hours and this this made all the national headlines because when a kid goes goes missing it's full force everyone's got to get out yeah. there everyone's got to be aware and you got to get his, his picture in front of as many people as possible in case they, they, they find him. Well, this kid was eventually found about 50 hours later, about 1,500 feet from his house, which you'd imagine they would have searched by then. Well, uh, it, for whatever reason, he wasn't found during that initial search. It was only on a follow-up search did the search and rescue team find him. They found him in uh, a thicket. He was uh, relatively wet, although it, it, during that time of year in March in Kentucky, it gets very cold. It can get down to hypothermic temperatures. And this toddler had no jacket, no winter weather clothing on at all, and somehow managed to survive out there by himself with seemingly no help from anybody else. Now, when he made it to his home and made it to his family, he said that he hung out with a bear the entire time and that the bear took care of him this, nice. this is a three-year-old kid saying that yeah and so maybe it was an active wild imagination but how did a kid survive temperatures that would cause hypothermia 
Um, no clothing, not that far away from his house, by the way, managed to survive and not be found within that time span. So there's weird things like that. Um, that maybe crop up. Maybe she found a bear's carcass and she <laughs> slit open its belly and pulled the maybe, entrails yeah. out and just sl- slipped in there, you know, like the classic Star Wars maneuver. And said, Well, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> Maybe that's what's going on. You have to get that in every podcast, Phil. Don't you? <laughs> no, no, that's an opportune moment. Well, it just... was. It's a, it's a perfect example of that. I don't think the guy, I don't think the kid smelled like rotted bear carcass <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, it's it possible. It was but slightly wet, though. Yeah, he said he was wet. It, it, so. it wasn't in the <laughs> initial report. Um, so can... there are constant cases that are new cases that are being generated in the missing 411 kind of profile. But David Politis is is going back and digging through the archives and finding things that uh, basically cold cases. He's he's looking at cold yeah. cases where mm-hmm. the Park Service uh, has chosen not to do any sort of like follow up investigation. Doesn't have any clear answers for the families or friends involved, and it's kind of been forgotten. And so I think a lot of families find some sort of. Uh, closure in the fact or maybe are this thankful that there are a whole there's a whole community out there very interested in their loved one's life who's no longer around and they're actively looking for answers now i don't know if the families are on board with like a bigfoot theory or ufo abduction but some of these people are never found again uh some of these bodies are never recovered there are other times where uh someone goes missing and then very soon after, probably within 24 to 48 hours, the body is discovered in an area that was previously searched by many qualified search and rescue experts, which is even more puzzling. They don't know what to make of it, but it doesn't look good. It kind of oh, remembers me, uh, reminds me a bit. If you remember when we had Tony Walker on, he was talking well, about time slips. Yeah, I was just going to say time slips. And uh, that, do you remember that Special Forces podcast? He sent me a link to about the guys who went off to, um, they've just been told. Oh, no, that was, um, it was Merkel, Tony Merkel. Um, fuck, what's he called? <laughs> I don't know. Tony's, Merkel's podcast. I can't remember what he's called. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my Tony, God. Tony Merkel? Conf- confessional. 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 Yeah. It was an episode of The Confessional I sent you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, were, they were going out somewhere above. Was that above the Arctic Circle or somewhere or something like that? I can't remember. It's, it's ages ago now. Yeah, a long it, time. And they didn't, it's they, an old episode. They were going to recover something. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, they kind of experienced a time slip, didn't they? Essentially, you could tell. So he sort of went through lots of different things, like this weird, you know, ship or whatever, and they recovered some data from it or something. And then they get back to the. I think it's a ship, is it? Are they going back to like a ship off the coast or something? Mm. And then he goes to bed and then he wakes up again and he's like, Sergeant comes in and says, um, right, are you ready for the mission? And basically it all just starts again, doesn't it? Basically, it's, it's so weird, bizarre. that story. It yeah, was yeah. bizarre. And they were all very, well, the ones that they, they, they were like affected for the rest of their lives as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very, have you had David on the show? Or am I misremembering that? No, I've never had uh, David Place on the show. Um, I've met him. Uh, he probably knows of OBDM, but he probably doesn't want to be associated with us because we <laughs> goof around and we come up yeah. with pretty outlandish theories uh, mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff. Um, like I have my own theory about missing four eleven, um, and 
it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but I have a clip here from mm. one of, uh, this is from David's newest movie, I believe, called Missing 411 Hunters. Mm. And this is concerning an older hunter who was out in the woods with his entire family, like his entire extended family. So he's got a son with him. He's got some neighbors and just some good friends, and they're all out hunting. And they're kind of set up in a line at the uh, at the bottom of a hill. One of the other hunters was supposed to kind of chase the deer up over the hill. And so they would get a shot at a few of these deer coming up over the hill. <clears throat> well, this old guy, was his job was basically to s- sit on this tree stump. Excuse me. You're supposed to sit on this tree stump and just look at this area. And if you happen to see a deer, you crack off a shot or you notify someone down the line that they might be coming down that way. So they're probably separated by maybe 50 yards to maybe 75 yards. And his his uh, fellow hunter out there said this during and he disappeared. That older hunter, he disappeared while sitting on that tree stump. Now, they don't know what happened to him, but this is what was heard by his comrades out there. Did your dad tell you about a sound he heard in the woods that day? He said he heard some kind of snapping or crack sound that was strange. It wasn't something he normally hears in the woods. He still talks to me about it. I don't know. He almost said it sounded like a, like a big trap closing or something. I, I, I don't know, you know. A big trap closing. Yeah. I think that um, one of one of my my theories for missing 411 is that I think sometimes people fall into like some sort of a dimensional trap and they're held there and they can't get out and they're held there and then depending on who's looking at that trap they're either processed and they're taken away for whatever needs to be done to them maybe experiments or whatever else um, they're processed and then they're of no use. So they're killed and they're kind of flung out in the kind of same area where they're at or they're processed and they're not going to be killed and they're let go. I like feel like kids. I feel like I've been in a dimensional trap for about the last 20 months. Actually, He <laughs> was like, yeah, that's an interesting theory. But who, who's the trapper then? Mine. Mm. That's the thing. I think a lot of this. Uh, so with anything, like if you set up a mouse trap. It can catch a lot of things, not only mice. So anything that can wander its way in there can, and get trapped by it. Um, I would say there are areas of this country, in this world, that are more conducive to the membrane of this reality being a little thinner. And sometimes you wander in there, and when you wander into a place where you're not supposed to be, a notification goes off to the entities in that dimension. And depending on who who receives that notification or who answers that notification, that's how you're processed at that time. And it's kind of like a if a server goes down on a system, people get notification. Depending who's on call, you got to go repair that server and either reboot it, you kill it, or you say, no, it's all good, and uh, you can go back to what you're doing. Well, so there's, there's a notification system once that's triggered. You now, this makes sense to me in this way. If we, if you take the dimensional aspect and replace that with a sort of matrix simulation theory aspect, that you you wander into a space where the there's a glitch, if you like, in the code, 
And then yeah. there's a snap and Mr. Smith comes and sorts you out and pulls you out. Mm-hmm. Pulls you out of the... Pulls you out in the other, you know, in the real world. Oh, yeah. And that's why you disappear in our reality. Mm-hmm. Holy I, I, shit balls! I'm open to to that, too. I'm, I'm a big... <laughs> Kind of, uh, I indulge in lot in in the matrix reality. This is kind of simulated, but I think when you when you use the term simulated reality, a lot of people get turned off because they feel as though like this re- this reality is no longer real to them. Like it's yeah. when you say simulated, they think it's like it's generated and it's all fake, and they think it's it's like a very nihilistic approach to reality. But to me, Truman like, shows, yeah, like, like it's all for you. Yeah, and that for and it might be, but it feels real to me. My emotions are real. My observations, I feel, are real. My consciousness is real. My thoughts are real. So it's real to me. It doesn't mean that it's not generated in some constructed way. And I believe that if there is some sort of generated code behind us all, there is a way to interact with the the code base using an API, an application program interface. We use it all the time with the internet. Uh, sometimes if you press enough buttons, you can do weird things on your computer. Uh, if you really know your programming languages, you can make your computer do incredibly handy things. And I think the reality is the same way. I think if you use prayer, you can do certain things. If you use meditation, you have a different awareness of this reality. There's other people that have a different programming language. Maybe they use satanic rituals to interface with mm. this uh, matrix. Maybe that's a quick and dirty way to do it. Um, and I've always said, if I ever go, if I ever go missing in a missing 411 kind of way, I want people who are extremely skilled at meditation to be out there and focus on me. And I think that will go a long ways into finding people. I want people that are into transcendental meditation who are the oneness, you know, people who are really into that kind of thing, because I think there's some sort of uh, dimensional interaction there. And I think with the human consciousness, you can kind of not necessarily bend the reality, but you can interact with it in ways that other people who are just living their life can't do. Yeah. If you ever go missing, Mike, we'll, we'll focus our chi. Yeah. Yeah. I told my wife that it's like if if because my wife's big in the meditation. It's like if I go missing, I need you to come out and meditate for me in that area, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't. I, I know it's tempting the sort of nihilistic option when you look at simulation theory, but the way I look at it is that this is the only reality we have. So uh, it's like a Pascal's wager. You can't just uh, mm-hmm. you know be nihilistic in that sense. You've got to make the most of the reality that you have, whatever it's generation, wherever it's generating from. Exactly. Yeah. But it definitely makes sense. Like when you think about different people we've talked to, like occult practitioners and, mm-hmm. and meditators and stuff that, and Ryan, you know, with his like this deep symbolism stuff yeah. that seems to be sacred geometry and all these weird subjects that seem to be pointing mm. at something bigger than on prosaic reductionist uh, worldview that's dominated since the Enlightenment. I think there's definitely some truth in that. It's just I'm shit at meditating, man. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, I, it's something that I, if I do it, it has to be at the end of the night, and I, I listen to some guided meditation from YouTube. But when that playlist is done, then Dr. Disrespect comes on, and I'm being <laughs> it. And it kind of ruins my, you know, my meditation. So I, I, it's just a, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear a bunch of that stuff. And <laughs> Holy shit, grow some balls! And it kind of ruins the meditation experience. So I need a better way to doing that. Oh, <laughs> Beautiful. 
Well, shall we move on do some news? Uh, yeah. I was going to say as well, have we got a question? Oh, gosh, yeah. I should have... Uh, do you want me I... to get it up or... Oh, the sorry. Question. Excuse me. The question. If you like, if you want to get it up. Are I'm we... getting it up now. All right, okay. We was haven't... it from... Uh, it was from Lee, I think, Lee, wasn't it? Lee, I think, yeah. Lee, who is uh, a fellow podcaster, host of the... Big, Big Conspire. Cons- Big Conspire. Uh, guest questions. I hope he put it in here. Oh, here we are. Lee from Big, Big Conspire uh, on the Discord. Can you ask Mike if he thinks Bigfoot or cryptids in general are just undiscovered native, native Earth species or creatures that are multidimensional and just visit our plane of existence? Hmm, that's a good question. And I haven't come to a conclusion either way. So, that, like, specifically when it comes to Bigfoot, there's, like, three camps. One, it doesn't exist, and you're making it all up in your head. Two, Bigfoot exists, but it is some sort of primate that is just on the evolutionary scale, and it just went in its own direction, but it's pretty much like an advanced gorilla or something like that. And then there is the third camp where... Uh, Bigfoot is uh, paranormal to a certain degree and pretty much is the foot soldier of ETs. And they can slip in and out of this dimension. They're telepathic and they have special unique abilities. And I've read a lot about both of, of the, the later two. Now, the the last one is much more interesting and salacious with, to think that Bigfoot has telepathic powers. It can cloak itself, and, <laughs> and it is used as a foot soldier and a lookout for extraterrestrials who are doing experiments, uh, whether it's uh, genetic or geological, uh, here on Earth. There's, those are interesting stories, harder to kind of nail down. And but I, I I entertain both, but I realize the two camps they're at odds with each other, and this is what uh, David Politis runs up against. So David Politis believes that Bigfoot uh, is man; it is a form of human, and that the DNA that has been recovered from Bigfoot expeditions, the reason why it comes back as human is because it's mostly human. It's that the uh, I believe that the the mother is human and the father side of the the Bigfoot tree genetic tree is actually from like the Nephilim, uh, <laughs> the the ancient race, and so that's what he believes Bigfoot to be wow. is a hybrid of human and uh, Nephilim. Whereas then there's like a, the other camp, like that's David Politis is he doesn't get into the paranormal as- aspect really, although he does state that in certain missing 411 cases, if people are traveling in a long line, they're hiking, there's like 10 people in a line hiking, sometimes the last person in line will start to get a headache, start to get dizzy, not feel well, and then they'll turn back and they'll go back to camp to, to kind of rest up. That person's never seen from again. And there are other instances where people will feel something strange when in the presence of Bigfoot, which may lead to the conclusion that they do maybe have some sort of psychic or natural abilities that other animals don't. Um, As for whether or not they're ET, there are tons. I have tons of stories where there are Bigfoot seen in the presence of aliens and or seen right after a giant UFO flap. So I lean in the direction that there is when when you have one paranormal kind of event, you're going to find others. And it's like the, it is the, if you think of a, a portal 
like a, a concentration of like paranormal energy. It's like Walmart. You walk in the Walmart, Walmart. I don't know if you guys got that in UK, but there's a whole host of things you can find in there. People on crack. You can find people <laughs> out late just trying to get milk. A whole range of things can go on there. And so I think Bigfoot is paranormal in that aspect that because they are seen in the presence of UFOs that I would throw them in that category. Great answer. There you yeah. go, Lee. I definitely want them to be the foot soldiers of uh, extraterrestrials, though. Yeah, that's yeah. what I am. That's the camp I'm in from that. It's a fun one. Yeah, I'm having it. Yeah, I'd have that as well. Yeah. Excellent. All right, let's move on. Let's do some news then. Okay. We'll start off with the Rona. Do some COVID news. Okay. Not much because, Good. you know. Keeping it light. Yeah. COVID-19 news. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating mode life. It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. Because we're getting bored, we want to have fun. I can't say if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Things are building up here, Mike. We feel That's a great al- clip, by the way. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that, a- that clip says it all, doesn't it? That's the uh, the short version. I've got I've got a mix that's about a supercut that's about three four minutes long because I started collecting this stuff eighteen months ago and there's yeah. every week there's some wacky clip from some yeah. communist or world <laughs> someone saying something stupid about this fucking virus. Yeah. So yeah, that was the the medium length one I think <laughs> the medium length COVID jingle. But yeah, things are heating up. We're sort of bracing ourselves here for a snap lockdown. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Oh, I don't do. say that. I do. Yeah. Maybe in the new before year. Before Christmas, he reckons. Oh, but no. Savage Javage this morning was saying it could happen before Christmas. Oh. Well, speaking of the health secretary, Savage Javid, uh, I have a clip from him speaking on Sky News this morning, and he's, he's got his knives out for the unvaccinated. Check this out. You know, the people have had over a year, almost a year now, to get vaccinated. There's still 10% of our population that have chosen, for whatever reason, not to get vaccinated. Five million adults plus. Yeah, five million plus. And and I just cannot emphasize enough the impact that they are having on the rest of society. They must really think about the damage they are doing to society by they take up hospital beds that could have been. I've not taken up any hospital beds. No use for someone with maybe a heart problem or uh, maybe someone who's waiting for their elective surgery but instead of protecting themselves and protecting their community they choose not to get vaccinated they are really having a damaging impact and 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 i just can't stress enough please do come forward and get vaccinated it's a really positive thing to do not just for yourself for your loved ones but for your community too this is about as strong as the language has been in the UK as far as uh, politicians pointing the finger at the unvaccinated. I mean, it's, it's really been crazy because it's uh, over on your side of the pond, Mike, because it seems to be so much more politically polarised. Yeah, over over here, um, it, it's very polarised. I You know, 
I have friends and family, obviously, who are vaccinated. I don't get it pushed on me from by them. But there is this overall mood, especially when you go on social media and you see what your friends are posting, that uh, there's a lot of guilt out there. They're trying to shame you into getting it still after all this time. And uh, I don't think any at this point, I think everyone who would have gotten the vaccine pretty much has already gotten it at this point and beyond some sort of legal mandate or being forced to get it at gunpoint. I don't think it's going to happen. And I, I said this to my parents the other day who are, who are both vaccinated and I love them both, but I mean, they're, they're older. So, and they kind of fell into, well, we're older. We should get the vaccine. They asked me if I was vaccinated. I said, no. And I said, at this point, considering everyone who's had COVID and recovered and these new variants, Delta and uh, what's the name of this one? I think it's called called Omicron. It's called Omicron uh, and vaccines. We should be at herd immunity at this point. And they agreed. My parents agreed. Why aren't we? And why isn't anybody talking about herd immunity anymore? It's not even being discussed Mm-hmm. So something goofy is going on, regardless of where you where you think. And I just approach it like that with people who are vaccinated. It's like you got to see something goofy is going on now. We should be at herd immunity. Why aren't we? Yeah, I think we're we, we've started a sort of arms race with Mother Nature that we we can't possibly win. And yeah. the other thing I'm thinking is, it's like if you've got to get you know a jab every three months and you've got to wait three months before, you know, between jabs, I'm never going to be fully vaccinated because it's like, it's an imposter. It's mathematically impossible. Mm. Can't catch up. Can't catch up. No, no, no. So so we're all going to be left behind. Like, how are you guys dealing with it over there? Because I, there's a lot, it seems like you guys are under a lot more pressure um, as a country. Like here, we have the ability to move from different states. Some yeah. states like Florida are a lot less restrictive. Ohio, where I'm at, not too bad. I'm out in the country, so I don't go into the cities too much. So how are you guys dealing with it? Well, we probably live in the most, um, I suppose, the most liberal in terms of like the COVID rules of the of the nations in the UK, don't we? Would you say? Yeah, England, yeah. yeah. Um, so like in, in basically in Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland, it's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, so they've got like, you know, COVID passports uh, kind of just started um, um, this week, is it? They've started here. So I think it's people, events over 10,000 and then enclosed events over 500. You've got to have a, a COVID passport. So show that you've been vaccinated. And then they're going to say now that uh, when the health secretary who just spoke then essentially said that um, when he feels people have had enough time to get boosted, um, then that's what will be classed as fully vaccinated, no longer the the two shots. The three vaccines. Yeah. Yes. He he also slipped in an announcement this week. Uh, He was speaking to the house about... Uh, kiddies, about 12-year-olds and vaccine passports. Got a clip? And from today, I can confirm that the NHS COVID pass is being rolled out to 12 and 15-year-olds for international travel, allowing even more people to be able to prove their vaccine status for travel where it is needed. From today. Yeah, just drop that. <laughs> drop that in the middle of the, uh, the, the debate about um, COVID passports. But that's it. Yeah, it's only for international travel. 
Yeah, no, it's going to happen, though, isn't uh, it? You know, this is this is how these things get rolled out. We get drip fed, don't we? Mm-hmm. And then they stop, and then they wait, and then they drip feed a bit more. And it, it'd be interesting, I suppose. I don't know what the uptake has been for sort of like twelve to fifteen year olds, but if he goes for sort of like forty percent, has it right? So if it goes down to um, sort of five to twelve, that's the next one, isn't it? I suppose. Um, I wonder what the uptake would be within that. Um, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't get my sons vaccinated um, as it stands and listening to stuff like the risk. There's just like, there's no, there's basically no risk for COVID against them. But then, you know, the side effects um, from the vaccine, obviously um, more severe for, for boys. So it's just like a no-go for me, essentially. Yeah, the ones we know about. Mm. <clears throat> That's why I'm incredible. Sorry, I'm, I'm incredibly just like here in the United States, we used to have our our, our dear Dr. Fauci up in, on Capitol Hill answering questions uh, every other week from a whole range of congressmen and senators. And he would ask he, he'd be answer or ask some hard questions. I haven't seen that since pretty much Biden has been in office. And so these questions that we have about herd immunity or the uh, the threat of covid to kids and versus the boosters or the or the vaccines these questions are not being asked anymore everything wow. is just as a given yeah. like there is no challenge to any of this anymore and it's just your people are just going along with it and it's incredibly disappointing we have a few good politicians here but they're not doing enough to stand up yeah, Bojo the What's Clown. The, uh, reasoning, Mike, behind your um, in America, the pushing for vaccinations and boosters. What's the reasoning behind that? Because over here, they pin it to a quite a reasonable explanation that our health service isn't good enough to stand up to four thousand uh, people coming into uh, the hospital with COVID a day. I mean, obviously in the states, everything's privatized, and it's it's more a case of whether you can afford the healthcare or not. Um, so, so over they, they here, be using that line. So over here, we're being told. So for people who are already vaccinated, they're they're urging the booster because the vaccine uh, efficiency or its 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 ability to ward off the virus or I guess ward off the symptoms is is lower over time. So right about the six month mark, they say you need a booster because these vaccines aren't aren't doing what they should. You know, those those are my words that are not theirs. They're saying you got to get boosted in order to, to protect yourself. Now, what the CDC director did say, and this is, is she said that the boosters and the vaccines can no longer prevent the spread of covid. And so there is conflicting information going on in being said over here. Now, when it comes to kids, what's what is even more concerning is that since the, the threat of covid to kid is to a kid is very minimal so why would you give them uh, a a vaccine that lessens their symptoms and could potentially make them an asymptomatic carrier which is possible according to our cdc director and so we have people that probably have covid don't know it because they gotten the vaccine and they're asymptomatic spreaders that's not being brought up at all and like all the talking points that's not being brought up and so the reasons I think for over here in America, if the hospital doesn't run at a certain capacity, it's losing money. Yeah, I think they want to run at like 90 percent capacity yeah. since it is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
for them to complain about, oh, we're almost at capacity. We're not at, like we're over capacity. That means they're making money. They, they want to be near capacity. And well, so for, I, my, I don't know. My, wasn't the stories early on in the pandemic of hospitals in the States laying nurses and doctors off because there was no work yeah. for them? Yeah, it's so there's a lot of things like these questions when it comes to hospital administration and capacity rates and all that kind of stuff. This is never brought up on TV or in front of Congress. Not that I've seen. Everyone said everyone thinks that the hospital shouldn't have anybody in there until, you know, there's an emergency. But there's tons of elective surgeries. There are tons of people that go in there for non-emergency needs. And uh, they tend to, because it's a business. Now that the pandemic is here, well, we don't need those elective surgeries. We have the vaccine to to deal with, we have the the virus to deal with, and they get paid. They get paid uh, a certain amount of money per COVID diagnosis. I I don't, I'm going to say a number. I don't know if it's correct. I think they get paid. 20 grand. (laughs) $14,000 per COVID diagnosis. I don't know for sure. Oh, yeah, but on. it's it's a business, and yeah. they, they got a business model. So if they're not doing elective surgeries, they got to find an, another business to get in. Oh, it's disturbing. Yeah, let's um, let's move on from, from the UK. Let's go. Uh, let's go to our friends in the Netherlands, in the Lowlands. Okay, spare a thought for our Dutch friends because okay. they're having a bit of a shit time over there. Imagine waking up to this. Of course, <laughs> to your accent. <laughs> From tomorrow, in Holland, none of this will be allowed. All non-essential shops will shut, along with bars and restaurants, as the country goes back into lockdown. Schools and universities will also close until mid-January, a move the Dutch Prime Minister called unavoidable. The Netherlands is again shutting down. That is unavoidable because of the fifth wave that is coming at us with the Omicron variant. Omicron is spreading even faster than we feared, And so we must act now to prevent as much of the worst as possible. The country recorded nearly 15,000 new COVID infections in the last 24 hours, and many here had already feared the worst, hitting the shops ahead of the announcement to make the most of their freedom whilst they still could. Yeah, bad news in the Netherlands. They're having a crisis. Crisis in Plotland. (laughs) And uh, we're wondering if it's going to be like... March 2020, because this is how it started. It started with Italy, and then there was yeah. this sort of domino effect across Europe. Oh, shit, we better do something. Oh, well, politician, you've got to do something. Yeah. The one thing that you, that you can't do is nothing. Yeah, You have to be seen to doing something, even if it's totally useless mm-hmm. and counterproductive. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, and yeah. you'll never admit mistakes either. No. no. What? Never. A mistake? <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing. So they're locking down over there. Like I'm out here in kind of somewhat farmland, Ohio. When I go to my local grocery store, no one's wearing masks. Mm. When I go to businesses around here, pretty much no one's wearing masks. And, you know, we just visited with our neighbors today and uh, it seems pretty somewhat normal. The only time I get really inundated with what's going on in in the world is when we try to go into the city or you pay attention to the news. The only people that I, that I personally have, have known to, to get COVID are people that it's severely like severely like get COVID like where it's kind of debilitating and they they might go to the hospital are people that have already been vaccinated. And I'm sure there are, and I've heard stories out there like, Oh, my friend got it pretty bad, but I'm just talking about me personally. And thankfully I don't know anybody that's died from it. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a real thing. 
And but I think with everything, every crisis tends to be exploited for someone's gain. Yeah, I think we, we've had sort of a perfect storm of uh, circumstances. I think mm. uh, you've got big tech playing their part with the censorship, like you mentioned, Mike, about certain questions not being asked or not being allowed to be asked or being yeah. uh, shadow banned, censored. Yeah, you've got the uh, the pharmaceutical industry making like making out like bandits. Mm. Um, lack of regu- regulatory oversight, I would suggest. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, the, there's li- literally no comeback <laughs> for the vaccines, is there now? Yeah, as far as liability, yeah, yeah. No, they were funded for the research, and the orders were put in before they'd even yeah finished the trial. Uh, yeah, it's very disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worrying. And you can't you can't bring this up to people who are on the other side of this because it, I think it just makes them like go off course and they'll, they'll just, they'll just go right back on. Like you can't bring this stuff up. You got to do it in a very gradual way because that kind of information we're talking about right there, that the vaccine is being developed before the mm-hmm. pandemic, this throws them for a loop. They don't know what to do with that kind of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's like level 10 information. They're, they're like level two. <laughs> Can't, they can't get there yet. You're, you're fighting monsters at a, at a rank you're not at yet. Yeah, the AstraZeneca one was made over a weekend in, I'm pretty sure, February 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah. For some kid's class project, probably. <laughs> <laughs> get it over the weekend. Yeah. My mom helped me. Weird, weird science. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Should we move off? So when, oh. when, it comes to, when it comes to COVID, like we talk about it on OBDM. But, like, there are other cop podcasts that do a great job at dissecting this stuff, catching news clips, like No Agenda. You guys obviously pay attention to it. But to me, and this is maybe right or wrong, to me, like, COVID at this point in the pandemic, it's like the weather. And it feels like it's all oh, we got a COVID front blown in today. It's going to be pretty <laughs> strong. Make sure you wear a coat out there. And it's, I don't want to say it's boring because I know it's important to to talk about this stuff because of, what's going on in Australia and the draconian laws that we will all be under probably sometime within the next five years with passports. And, but to me, it's just, it's, it is very depressing to talk about because there are so many people that are just willingly saying, yeah, I need a booster. I was like, why do you need a booster? You seem like you don't need a booster to me. <laughs> oh, but. And there's, there's, just, there's so many other things that they could have been telling us for the last two years, like taking vitamin D yeah. Getting yeah. out and getting some exercise, looking after your diet. Losing weight, yeah. Can you imagine? Mm. Four hundred billion pounds we've spent in the UK on so COVID mitigation. Yeah. You know, if they'd have spent ten percent of that on actual public health mm. over two years. Well, health security now it's called, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Oh, you'll love this, mate. So we used to have a body called Public Health England. Makes sense. That's a nice title, isn't it, for a for a government institution? Public Health England. Bob on. It's now called the UK Health Security Agency. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. just crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Every single sort of level, it's just crazy what's happening. And, like, people just got, like, it just doesn't even make the news that kind of change, does it? It changed its name, but nobody, like, comments, why no, is it called that now? No one cares. It's like if you go to Normie and say, you show them the, the EU document from 2017 where it shows some planning vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's meant to be twenty twenty five. They're three head three three years ahead of schedule. Yeah. But it just blows people away. <laughs> anyway. I, I, 
I know a lot of people, like a lot of my friends and family have been vaccinated and I wish them nothing but the best. Like I want them to be happy and healthy. And I I hope that it provides the protection that they claim it provides. It's it's only a problem when they start, not my friends and family don't do this to me, but when the the people on the pro-vaccine start shaming and creating these regulations and laws where you're demanded to do this, uh, against your own will because they feel they know what's best for you. And mm-hmm. it seems like taking the vaccine, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They really don't know because there's not a lot of data. There's a lot of breakthrough cases have, as has been documented all over the news. So it seems like it's a gamble. It's a, actually, it seems like a coin cost, uh, a coin toss at this point. So it's like, it's almost like, Zealotism. It's very sort of similar to religion and, and people forcing that down other people's throats, you know, the whole that's how religion spreads, I guess, <laughs> on a fundamental basis. But you're right, it's very it's very uh divisive and, and turning into an us versus them sort of scenario, which is never gonna end well. <laughs> Well, luckily, you guys over there in the UK, it seems as though your hospital system puts out data that is at least honest. So I think that I've seen some data from over there where maybe half the people in the hospital are vaccinated and half aren't vaccinated, or maybe it's like 60-40, something like that. So at least they admit that, hey, there are breakthrough cases and you got to be careful. Yeah, in America, they don't count breakthrough cases in people who are vaccinated, I don't think, do they? Well, they have very specific criteria um, of how they they count those numbers. So if you get the vaccine and then within two weeks you get sick, you're counted as unvaccinated. And so uh, they have very uh, interesting ways of of collecting data. This is my favorite part of the whole scam. (laughs) It's when the vaccine companies said um, it takes 14 days. Oh right, yeah. right. So uh, I've got I've I've got a new drug, yeah. Right, Amish Filavir. <laughs> uh, let's call it. It's a um, depression drug. Oh, good. SSRI. Yeah, that's what they are, isn't it? Depression. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Right. I've got this drug. I made. It. I've, I'm going to do. It. I've done a clinical trial. Mm. Um, I funded it and run it obviously because I'm the inventor. <laughs> and I got uh, forty thousand people. Twenty twenty thousand in the treatment group uh. who got Amish Filavir. 20,000 people in the other group, they got placebo. Uh-huh. Well, no, they got a meningitis vaccine because I just uh-huh. happened, I had 20,000 of them in the shed. So I gave them meningitis vaccine, right? Now then, in the first 14 days after treatment, uh-huh. out of the 20,000 in the treatment group, um, 1,000 committed suicide. <laughs> but don't worry about that. It wasn't working then. <laughs> it wasn't working. After the 14 days... Uh-huh. Only one person committed suicide in the treatment group mm-hmm. and two people committed suicide in the placebo group. So, so, you know, throw money at me. Yeah. It works. I want some Amish fill of <laughs> <laughs> it's just if you If you tried that way of data collection, like in software engineering or deploying software, 
you'd be laughed out of the business. You want to you want to measure what happened when the change in the system occurred. Yep. It makes sense. And to not track that information, <coughs> I, I think it's criminal at that point. And I'm surprised that has not been raised on Capitol Hill here in the United States. But I have if people have raised that concern, it's certainly not loud enough and it's not being promoted on social media. And it's, it's absolute lunacy. Yeah. Obviously, my example is an exaggeration, but there is evidence oh, of uh, <laughs> yeah. there is evidence of negative efficacy in the first fourteen days. Yeah, but sure. you're more likely to get it. Um, but you know, we'll all sometimes pe- people have bad reactions uh, yeah. to, 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 to just drugs in general. I, I've had bad reactions to drugs, and it usually happens within the first four, forty-eight hours of of taking something new into your body. K hole was it a K hole? No. <laughs> It was, I was diagnosed with, uh, with Lyme disease and they put me on this regimen of like hardcore antibiotics. My body completely freaked out. Oh, wow. That's gnarly. Who was it? We had was. about. I just going to ask you the same question. Who was the woman who wrote, wrote the book about Lyme oh, disease? The, the Tix woman with the, um, yes. Oh, uh, uh, we're rubbish at this. That was fun. It was, yeah. a, it, well, to be fair, it was about a year ago. Yeah. yeah but we, we had an author on who's, um, Big into Lyme disease, she did a wrote a book about it and uh, yeah, and sort of said about how the Lone Star ticks and potentially uh, made in a lab and the oh, needs. all yeah. sorts of yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I, I tested positive for Lyme disease, went through a round of drugs, and they say I don't have it anymore. But I'm in Ohio. There's ticks everywhere. My dog has been tested for Lyme disease and came back positive twice. Um, I, I have been bitten by ticks like almost every other week out here. So I might have Lyme disease right now and not even really know it because uh, sometimes the symptoms are delayed. But the, the symptoms I was experiencing were pretty horrific, like just all my limbs swelling up. Like I couldn't walk because there's like so much swelling going on in my knees or I couldn't hold a pencil because uh, my, my entire hand was swollen. That's some pretty messed yeah. up stuff. It's, it is messed up. It's, it was uh, Chris Newby we had on episode was... 177, but she was talking about um, the potential for it to be a bioweapon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, again, would be think... insane, but nothing surprises me at this point. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, it to me, it's like, okay, it probably came over from Plum Island on some deer and uh, it's just spread across the U.S. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I found out my dog had it when we moved to Arizona, which is like out in the desert of the, the southwest United States, took him to a vet. And your vet is like, by the way, you know, your dog has Lyme disease. I was like, what? And it's like, we don't got ticks out here in the desert. Where'd you guys come from? It's like Ohio. He's like, oh, there you go. Like, you better didn't get uh, 14 grand for diagnosing that, did he? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think he, they don't have those kind of numbers over there at the vets. But There's not a lot of grassland or deer in the desert, uh, from what I remember. No, they got, uh, they got rattlesnakes and hawks out there and bobcats. <laughs> Proper animals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the desert, shall we uh, move to a story that's been breaking from Saudi Arabia? Yeah, why not? Okay. This is uh, it's my favourite anchor. This is Weon. It's from oh, World in One News and my favourite anchor. anchor. Palkishama Upadei. Okay. Next story is from West Asia and I promise you this is not fake news. In Saudi Arabia, 40 contestants have been disqualified from a beauty contest. Disqualified! Because they got Botox. 
These are not human contestants. These are camels. A crackdown on Botoxed camels is underway in Saudi Arabia. And this is no laughing matter. A whopping $66 million is on the line. Here's a report. $66 million? Well, sounds like they run a tight ship over there. I kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we want real camels over here. Yeah, we've like they've actually properly aged. You know. Yeah. Show their experience. It's one of the biggest crackdowns that Saudi Arabia has witnessed. The target wasn't a prince or a high-profile dissenter. This time, the Saudis are cracking down on Botox camels. The kingdom is hosting a beauty pageant for camels. It's happening at the King Abdulaziz Camel Festival. This is a highly competitive event. A cash prize of $66 million is on the line. So a few breeders decided to play dirty. They gave their camels Botox injections. And they didn't stop there. Dozens of breeders stretched out the lips and noses of the camels. They used hormones to boost their muscles. Inflate body parts with rubber bands. What, what body parts? Oh, what God. body parts are they inflating? With a rubber band. Probably the humps. <laughs> yes. My lovely lady humps. Yeah. And fillers to relax their faces. The organizers have caught 40 breeders so far. They have been disqualified for enhancing their camels. They'll now face strict penalties for their manipulation. Crackdowns like this one are a regular affair at this carnival. The Camel Beauty Contest is an attempt to preserve the place of the animal in Saudi traditions and culture. A part of that now is keeping Botox away from these camels. Yeah, they need to be all natural, these camels. You know what they say about the camels? I got hairy legs. Absolutely. And for $66 million, I would join that competition. What do I got to lose at that point? <laughs> Just a bit of Botox. That's an insane amount of money for like like a camel competition. I was thinking maybe $5,000, you get a blue ribbon prize, you get a camel. But for $66 million, holy crap. <laughs> they take that shit seriously, Michael, over there. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, we have over here in the United States, we have, you know, horse competitions. We, we show horses. And then down here at the Ohio State Fair, you, you get the be- the best hog. Hey, come on down here with your best hog. You can win a, you know, a free Buick or something. But over there in the Middle East, $66 million. Holy moly. And so uh, this came out this week. I, I found the story this week. or Someone sent it. Also, I can't remember. And I put it into, um, it was a, uh, sorry, it was a news article. Yeah. So I always try and find a video or audio if I can to play play for everyone. And uh, I put it in the search engine, and there was similar stories coming up from 2017, 2018. This is like a regular scandal. In Saudi wow. Arabia. <laughs> yeah, the Botox. The Botox of the camels. Oh. But don't they solve I, these problems in Saudi Arabia just by chopping off hands? <laughs> I got hairy guns. <laughs> Like, they do some horrific stuff over there when it comes to, like, punishment. Uh, and so it's like, hey, guy, anybody caught putting Botex in your camel, you're going to lose your hand. And then, boom, it's done. it's taken care of. Yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder if there's any Sharia law around Botox in your camel. Uh, yeah, my, my uncle works in Saudi, uh, in Jeddah, 
And um, he was in the town centre when there was sort of uh, public executions and flogging. Wasn't he a plastic surgeon, Phil? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Maybe he was licensed, maybe, for Botox injections. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's where the big money is. Yeah, I imagine. (laughs) A bit of filler, too, as well, you know. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering, you know, what is the fitting punishment for Botox in your camel? Losing, well, an losing? eye for an eye. Do you have to get Botox then? And and, and your um, limbs inflated with elastic oh, bands? Oh, maybe. Oh, you're, yeah, you're uh, castrated with uh, an elastic band. Yeah, Hammurabi. Till they dry, oh, drop boy. off. Castrato. <laughs> they do that in the farms around here. You put the, you know. Yeah. So you guys do it out there too. You put the rubber band around the testicles, and next thing you know, you know you got nutless sheep. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What's next? I got a story for you guys. Oh, come on, come on, Mike. What have you got? So this is not an audio clip. I'll just read you guys the headline here. This is, uh, I guess, it's kind of COVID related, but in a goofier way. So here's the headline here: Man who broke his back falling on stairs from bed to home office covered by work insurance. Courts rule. So a German federal court recently ruled that a man who broke his back by falling down the stairs from his bedroom on his way to his home office should be covered by his employer's workplace accident insurance. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. If you're working from home and you get injured in a line of duty, a duty then <laughs> you're covered by work insurance. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pretty sure the NHS won't do that for me. To <laughs> <laughs> I think that probably depends on your employer. Yeah, this is this is in Germany here, so yeah. you got to move to Germany to pull this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, probably. We've got a lot more money sloshing around there, though, haven't they? Than here, allegedly. Oh, have they? Well, so that well. is it. All Nazi gold. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say that. Rembrandt's. So yeah, still maybe. digging out Rembrandt's. Maybe that they, that they stole. Maybe. Too soon, Phil. Too, too soon. But it's seventy years. <laughs> God. Don't mention the war. Mm. So just to, to wrap up this one right here. So the recent mm. ruling in Germany here has uh, sparked a heated online debate, both in Germany and abroad. While some consider the decision just seen as not all work is conducted on company premises. Uh, think postmen, deliverymen, garbage collectors. So workers should be covered by insurance whenever they conduct their work. Others, on the other hand, wonder if this ruling would open the gates to home office inspection by employers to check for potential hazards. I was just thinking uh, maybe that. I don't want people to come over here to check out my home office because I work from home. But it could uh, produce like a lot of scammers. Like you see those Russian, you know, car cameras where people throw themselves in front of car insurance companies. Uh, yeah. You can have people in Russia throw themselves down <laughs> It's tempting, isn't it? That re- that's, yeah, it a, is. that's a great point. I mean, yeah, if, if this becomes a regular occurrence yeah. and insurance companies are being forced to pay out, mm. then, yeah, you're going to have to open your doors and say, let's have a look. Let's mm. let's see you haven't got, like, a, I don't know, just like a, a load of spikes at the bottom of your <laughs> stairs ready for you to fall on. They're going to come over and baby-proof everything yeah. in your house. They'll put, like, no sharp corners and all this kind of stuff. And nerf nerf everywhere. Nerf it, yeah. Well, oh. no, it'll be cameras. It'll be those oh, cheap you know, Amazon I, cameras. You're mm. right. 
You're right. If you want to work from home, you agree to have a camera in your house that's recording 24-7. Oh, do you know, exactly. I... Every room. I don't have... I've, I don't want anything to do with ring doorbells or nope. Alexa or Ask Google or any of that shit. And it's because of this fucking... Um, what's it? This... Um, <laughs> Jordan B. Peterson ring camera footage that got leaked today and is blowing up all over the internet. What's that? Not yet. No. So someone's, someone's hacked into Jordan Peterson's ring uh, um, yeah, camera thing yeah. and recorded him trying to persuade his wife, Tammy, to have anal sex. I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you start, start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again, right to the point where you protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to do that forever. And before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started. And you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well... I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. Did I get you? Did I get you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, did. Ah, I got him, I got him. He bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Uh, 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 uh. The guy's good, I'll give him that. Until he played the clip. <laughs> <laughs> it seems cheap for, even for you, that one, Phil, I'm afraid. Uh, I got Harry Lecons! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was good. I, I got time that. for one more story. Yeah, go you guys got anything? Um, I've got some stuff. <laughs> I've got some stuff. I don't know. It's a bit dystopian, though. I don't know if I want to do that one. Okay. Because um, I don't know. Should we do the the monkeys? Let's do the oh, monkeys. That's, that's crazy one. Yeah. Have you seen it? <laughs> so uh, this isn't a clip. I'll have to read it. Uh, vengeful monkey pack attacks and kills two hundred and fifty dogs in retaliation for baby monkey's death. <laughs> It's not funny. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's, it's <laughs> horrific. But, uh, it's like, so I read funny. that one. Charlie from yeah. uh, Macroaggression sent that one to me. And I was like, this is depressing. But man, what a mean monkey. A, a monkey pack in India has mm. been filmed attacking stray dogs and scaring the village residents in an attempt to avenge a baby monkey who was killed by a pack of dogs. Over the past month, the villages of Mahalgohan and Lavul in Maharashtra, India, have witnessed increasing violence from local monkeys towards dogs. According to local reports, as many as 250 dogs have been killed by the primates who would drag them to the top of trees and buildings and then throw them to their deaths. Mm. Mental. i got to say, are these dogs just pussies? They're not <laughs> fighting back at all? Or are the monkeys that powerful? Because I know if my, if my dog was approached by a monkey... Uh, it would probably try to bite it and maul it. Like they're a fr- like if even it's a fifty pound dog, they can be ferocious mm. and take down a grown man. I'm assuming they they could do some damage to a monkey too. Well, well I a think- monkey will tear your face off, mate. <laughs> that is true. What kind of monkeys are we talking about here? Like those cute ones, like in movies? Are these like? Uh, the mean like looking ones. The mean looking monkeys. Yeah. Oh, those are big guys. But the other thing you've got to remember is if it's a pack of monkeys, and you know if each one's like two, three foot tall. Um, you know, maybe 40 pounds, would you say? And the stacks, no, the stacks pounds. on top of each other, and they're racing towards you. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's 12 yeah. of them, and then, like, you know, the dog can get one, but then the other's 10, 11. It's a numbers game. Yeah. It's a bit like that. Would you rather, <laughs> would you rather fight, <laughs> what is it, 100 chickens or, or a chicken the size of a rhinoceros? Or a, hundred, a chicken the size of 100 chickens. <laughs> I'm just surprised the villagers... <laughs> You know, at, like after like the hundredth dog being dropped off a roof, 
They didn't step in to do something. They have. They just continually let these dogs being rained down upon their town, and they never stepped in. The villages. We'll some villages like have been injured. Yeah. Some villages have fallen. Well, obviously, these these monkeys are a menace, and yeah. something needs to be done. And no one's stepping up. Like I understand, the monkeys were sad that their mm. that their infant was was mauled by these dogs. I get it. But they've taken it way too far. This is like uh, crazy. This was an eye for an eye. It's like you fuck with my kid. I'm going to kill all you dogs everywhere. It's genocide. It's crazy. It's a war. It is. Can't yeah. reason with monkeys. No. Evidently, it's not. difficult to. No. Like at, at that point, like I've read many stories where there are monkeys that will attack tourists just to take their alcohol. Like if you <laughs> want it, just give them alcohol. They'll forget about the dogs and they'll just get drunk and go do their own thing. But obviously, these villagers didn't do enough to help uh, alleviate the pain and suffering of the monkeys. They they caused the situation. They could have stepped in and be some sort of uh, mediator to this problem. And yeah. this is sad for the dogs. It really is. Need uh, Shia Khan, don't they, from the Jungle Book? <laughs> Shia Khan. Yeah, he'll sort it out, wouldn't he? Is he, is he, the, is he the baddie? It's a tiger. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't get tigers involved, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Baloo and Bagheera. Baloo, that's yeah. it. Bagheera, yeah. Jesus Christ. They have, a monkey, they have to release a different higher predator. they got to put bears in there to take care of their monkey problem now. Exactly. Sharks. 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 <laughs> release sharks to take care of the monkey problems, and then you release whales and dolphins to take care of the sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to escalate. No. No. Well, I think they like, this is this is show kind of some sort of evolution or like these these are special monkeys like they know how to murder and they know dropping things from great height is an effective way to take out your your enemies. And so I would watch out for for kids in that village. Do not piss mm-hmm. off those monkeys because they're going to drop you from a tree. Um, there was reports that the same pack has been going after toddlers. I knew it. Yep. They've been going after little kids as well. Well, this is the thing. Like, it's, I think it's a well-documented fact that packs of monkeys, packs of apes will go after other sort of troops and attack them and stuff if they're encroaching into their territory. So, you know, they'll fight it and things. So it might be an overpopulation thing as well. Mm, true. Are they endangered or sacred or something? The dogs are endangered. There's none of them left. Yeah, in that village. Yeah, why, haven't why, haven't they, why aren't they, like, controlling the monkey population? I think they're they're deceptively quick. I think you'd have to trap them somehow. They must be blackmailing the the villagers, you know, in some way. They might have some information on the villagers, and the villagers are like, I can't do anything. They know everything about me. I think that's it. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Well, Mike, on that note, we're rocking up on time already. Yeah. Shall we sign off this evening? Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been lovely to meet you, Mike. Oh, I had a blast, guys. Great, Mike. Um, we'll play ourselves out. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to check the links in the show notes, listeners, and check mm. out OBDM. Yeah. You'll have a great time, whale of a time. You can even phone in and chat you to can them sometimes. Chat. Yeah, you don't do it. Do you not do it every show? Uh, depends. Usually on Saturdays. It depends on how we feel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, Mike. Nice to see you again. Stay on the line for us while we play ourselves out, and uh, we'll catch you a lot on the flip side. Yeah. Don't touch that dial. I love you. I love you. Chest feeding. You. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like. Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That was our chat with the legendary Mike from OBDM. Midnight Mike.
Yeah, podcasting since okay. 2006. And even though podcasts were around in 2006, he was like, you they know, weren't. he was on That's the how cutting edge he is. He was on the bleeding edge <clears throat> of uh, podcasting. Why is he not called the Podfather? Because, uh, th- well, I remember listening to podcasts before then, 2004. Maybe. Do you even know what a podcast was. I remember, oh, yeah, when was Smodcast out and Kevin Smith's sort of things? They Rick, were like proto podcasts. Ricky Gervais had a podcast called The Podfather. Oh, uh, I think that came out in 2004. <laughs> Stop talking over Phil. It's fine. I think that was 2004. <laughs> but it's certainly an early adopter, 2006. I know, yeah. Twice a week. <laughs> That's some serious commitment. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Mike and. Uh, um, It'd be good to go on his show and yeah. get to talk about his things if it, as long as it's not three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's great fun. Check it out. If you, I'm sure most of you are already aware of OBDM, but if not, um, the links will be in the show notes if you want to uh, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Spotify, I believe, is rolling out a new um, feature Ratings. where you can do a rating. Yeah. yeah. It's not on my phone yet, so I I've, can't... Yeah, I checked. I can't rate OBDM just yet. Um well, if it's on your phone and you're subscribing to us, give us a rating. Yeah, rate. Five stars. Rate your mate. Uh, I'm a bit I'm a bit lost, a bit sixes and sevens. Yeah, I? because we've kind of done everything in the first bit. And, oh, and yeah. now we're just coming back to say... Do some housekeeping. 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 This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's uh, lots of different ways of doing this. Word of mouth is my favourite modus operandi at the moment. If you like what we do and the subjects we talk about, um, forward an episode to someone who's a podcast fan. Say, check mm-hmm. this shit out, man. Yeah. It's off the chain. Is that what the kids say? No, I think that's what, like... It's yeah. hanging... <laughs> that means yeah, it's awful. Oh shit! Oh, but I That's thought probably accurate. Oh, yeah. it's whack. Um, I think that yeah. could, I think that make Mac, that can mean good now. Like when you say bad, that's bad, man. It's dope. Yeah, that it's kind dope. of thing. It's whack ass dope shit. Yeah, get it in your k hole. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's your favorite way of giving back to us, Ben? I think it's uh, purchasing from the Amish loot chest. Oh, right. Yeah, you, you um, could so get... You, what could you get, Ben? Uh, you could get a uh, literally a communist hoodie, um, you know, ably yeah. modelled by yourself there. Because I'm literally a, a communist. It's covered covered yeah. in, in my son's toothpaste that he spat Absolutely. all over me. Um, you can also, get, you, that excuse. also yeah. get your current grape T-shirts. Current grape. Yeah. What uh, about our, our latest design? Three weeks, weeks to, flatten, to the flatten the earth. Yeah, I think it's, we can. We're quickly approaching a new T-shirt. Three years to flatten the curve. I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're yeah. going to be in year two soon. Yeah, we are, aren't we? The shit show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the link in, is in the show notes for the Amish loot chest. If you want to uh, buy something, uh, you're probably too late for Christmas now. But you know, treat yourself for the new year, yeah, and, w- and we get a cut. Yeah. 
maybe get some new designs on there. We could probably use some of our show artwork, episode artwork to put on T-shirts. I think that, you know, if that was that OBDM one that Lee has done for us, um, maybe he should just like design us a wicked T-shirt because that's like the best show artwork I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, that's a great way to become a producer is by submitting show artwork. Yeah. This can be done by email or preferably in the Discord. You join the Discord community and there's a thread there mm-hmm. for submitting your show artwork. So while we're on the subject, shall we have a look at Lee's artwork? Yeah. For episode 212, let me just... Uh, Will Ben see this? No, yeah. let me just uh, zoom in, rotate, magnify. Maybe for, maybe he can uh, come into the Discord once a week and look at these things. <laughs> I'll reveal the artwork now. Boom! That's that so, is beautiful. It's a proper mashup, isn't it? So we have um, he's taken uh, aspects of OBDM's artwork and ours. So we have the skyline, the silhouetted skyline there, uh-huh. with the uh, the T Rex holding the AK forty seven being ridden by the wizard with the night pickle. And then we have the little Amish boy with his headphones. Yeah. And the two logos. I mean, it's it's just an absolute piece of work, isn't that, it? <laughs> that is a mashup to end up all mashups, isn't it? Uh, we have some competition this week. Yeah, so yours was shite. Here's so. my submission. <laughs> I mean, oh, my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yours is okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't pop in the same way that Lee's does. Lee's really pops. Would you, yeah. Would you like to describe what's going on? Um, yours it has, is less of a mashup. It's just like an ode to o- OBDM. Um, and we have a cat and a Jack Russell, a juvenile, I'd say, um, fighting. They're, they're two thousand feet tall. All right, yeah, two thousand feet tall. <laughs> we have the the three pyramids at Giza. With, yeah, with their, their landing beacons on, ready to welcome the alien ships. <laughs> Underneath the Milky Way, and in the bottom left-hand corner, we have Bigfoot being... Um, uh, what's the word? He's going to be... Yeah. He's going to be anally probed by a UFO, by the looks of things. Yeah. Yeah, is that pretty tight? It's pretty tight, yeah. Yeah. Same. We'll have to... Bigfoot uh, thing. I said to Lee that um, whoever's runner-up can be the uh, YouTube artwork. So I'm I'm biased, so I'll have to let you decide, Matt, which is going to win. Um, Lee's, I mean, I can set it out of the gate, didn't I? So, you know, you're not going to beat that one, I'm afraid. Now then, Matthew, you mentioned earlier in the week about YouTube thumbnails. Yes. And that there seems to be a sort of uh, a theme, a scheme yeah, a le- you know, a sort of generic layout that successful YouTubers tend to use. Yeah, for the title cards. Yeah, yeah. the thumbnail, Sorry. the little photo you get when your video yeah. shows up. Um, so I have made a, a, a template on GIMP, which I think I'll be able to modify easily. Okay, and I predicted that you would vote for Lee's artwork, <laughs> so I've made this. Now then, yeah, there is something missing. The big, the, the big yellow writing. 
that needs to go on? Do we have to decide what that is now? You need a pop, pop, pop. Can you believe they did this? <laughs> In big white and yellow letters, you know. It has yeah. to have some... Yeah, 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 you do, you do. That's what gets people in. Yeah. Um, so that's what we We need a, a title for the YouTube... <laughs> what did we talk thumbnail? about with Mike's? I can't remember. 411. Bigfoot. Missing 411, Bigfoot. Yeah, so it would be um, something... I think you would go with the 11 thing. 411. The 11, what, is that what it's called? Missing, missing, four four, ele- missing, missing 411 four with Bigfoot. M- missing 411. Are they usually a question? Uh, not necessarily. So sometimes- Missing 411 solved. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah. That'd be it. Um, yeah. Right. And normally what you do is you get... Put my quill down. <laughs> one of us doing this. Well, no, we can't. Because we don't have close-up video, do we? No, we don't, do we? No. Yeah. So this is going to be the template. Right, okay. Basically, I went to our buddy Malin, Malin's channel. Yeah. And I used his thumbnails as a template and copied them. <laughs> right, so, well, yeah, because when you said to actually look at a podcast YouTube channel, I looked at OBDMs. <laughs> right. And he does something with yellow rain. Yeah. Yeah. The old, yeah. You know, we used to have titles, like, we used to have titles plates at the start of the ones i uploaded early on we had a standard yeah 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 yeah. but it's different for each one and then it has like a hook you see yeah these are um they're unique to each video yeah so the artwork down with the kids with the influencers well we're popping on youtube now ben we were talking about it on games night and, yeah. and Matt mentioned that there is this sort of this formula that is used. For... When you're playing backgammon, let me know and I'll come and join game site. <laughs> well, yeah. Phil's making friends all over the tower. We might play backgammon. <laughs> tower slut. Yeah. Um, Have we, we've not really talked about three different ways of becoming. Um, subscribe to YouTube, sub- subscribe and like. Go to Odyssey, watch us there, leave us a review. I get to read those out. We haven't had any reviews for a while. Um, Give us uh, guest suggestions on the Discord. Yeah, got a good one. Good one this week. Mario build reps. (laughs) I'm going to look into Mario. Is that the math guy? It's not a guy. It's not a bodybuilder, is it? It's not a bodybuilder. No, he's an alt history maths guy. Right. Good. Yeah. He's not an Italian plumber, is he? (laughs) (laughs) And we've got yeah. We like we said. I think we said in the Discord. We're looking at getting a few more alt history people. Seems something that's quite popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Focus Chi requests? Any in this week? No. No Focus Chi this week. Well, um, no, I'm not going to do one that's not requested. So Birthday. you got a birthday. You want a birthday shout out? We've got um, Brother Jamie has a birthday on Christmas Eve and Charlie on the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. I'm at sixes and sevens then. Yeah. Um, what else can you do? Uh, Helps when you do it in order, doesn't it? Then yeah. you know. Jingle requests, corrections, and memes, and that's it. What? What's, oh, what's the always... best way? What's the best way of becoming a producer? Tosses a coin. Toss a coin to your witcher. Do it for the lads, lads, lads. lads. Now because when oh, we're northern and we're. Bloody miserable, and the weather's fucking shit.
Yeah, if you go to the armistinquisition.com and find the PayPal donate button there, you can give us a one-off, sign up for a monthly recurring sustained donation. Donations mm-hmm. over the, at £50 or over grant you the rank of executive producer status for that episode and it looks yeah. fucking spiffing on your linkedin and your curriculum vitae mm. vitae vitae yeah link with us on linkedin yeah yeah all you fuckers out there can save plotland and keep this thing running yeah man okay should we thank the producers for um episode 2112 yeah it's time to big up the man dems we've got we've got mostly festive slicko helen from Berkshire. Uh, Lee and Rick from The Big Conspire and multiple anonymouses. Thank you. You're so amazing. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love. It's a miracle. Literally. The best mate. The dwarf. The gods. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The asthma. The corrupt chunks. The number 11. The blind man. The fallen on the horizon. The cripple. From hell. I don't get it, never will. This this uh, beer I've got is called Polar Ice Walls. Ooh. The polar ice walls are a vast geographical phenomenon that surround the flat earth. Without these <laughs> walls, the oceans would drain from the face of the disc. Holy crap. It's <laughs> a random beer, isn't it? It would do. That's amazing. Like well, we've it. never had him back on, have we? David Weiss. Phone, phone. Send it, Big Dave. He needs to do the second half of his presentation, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. He yeah. does. He was a good one. I enjoyed that one. He was grateful. <laughs> yeah. At least, yeah. Got a, bit, got a bit personal, I think, with the old uh, NASA T-shirt, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was good. No, only joking. It's only a bit of mild trolling. Mm. Yeah. So this is going to be the last one till, 20, well, till after Christmas at least. Till 2022. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The secret Santa didn't work out, did it? No. <laughs> yeah, weren't you supposed to get Nomi Noznodge to send I've, us... I've been thing? incredibly ill with, like, the worst disease you can get. All <laughs> oh, right. Too ill to write a WhatsApp message. Uh, I, I, e- I evident- couldn't even lift evidently, my phone. Evidently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, we'll just have a year off this year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. So, um, we might do, we could possibly do one between Christmas and New Year one night. Yeah. Could do that. For a, a loose end. Yeah. Certainly won't be doing one on Boxing Day. And we're out on the 27th, yeah. aren't we? The 27th, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Do you yeah. think it'll happen, Ben, or now out on the twenty oh, seventh? Yeah. I hope it does. Do you think it will? Not looking likely. No, I don't think it will. Mm, I, I wonder if they'll let us have Christmas and then say no. We have to close everything now because nine, 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 nine. Because you've had your Christmas and everybody's <laughs> got ill now. That's what they'll say, isn't it? That's the story. That's the spin. That's the way they'll spin it, right? We've had like you've had Christmas. Now everybody's mixed too much. Cases have gone through the roof. Um, we're gonna have to. They might want to avoid New Year's Eve parties. They might spin yeah. it that way. Yeah, that's the other thing, isn't it? We've had Christmas. Come yeah, on. you were so irresponsible. All we wanted you to do was being a good, responsible COVID citizen is something we should all 
uh, aspire to. And you were irresponsible, COVID citizens. Yes. So here is your punishment. So maybe next year we'll be able to have Christmas and New Year. Do you remember when they said... um, Three weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, and then it'll be fine in summer. Yeah. They said, well, if if we lock down... In autumn, then Christmas will be normal. Yeah. <laughs> that was last Christmas. And then they said, well, if we lock down now, by the spring, things will look much better. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a great British summer, was the line, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Well, this is Christmas number two. So we'll see how long it goes on for. Because it's up to us at the end of the day. I'm, I'm <laughs> convinced now this doesn't end until we say it ends. It's... Uh, well, isn't someone going to hurry up and say something? <laughs> well, is that the way to end the podcast then? Someone else will do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we fuck off into the night? Yeah. What time is it? Yeah. Ten, Ten bells. Yeah, Jesus. Like yeah. an hour and a half early. Games. <laughs> yeah. My. Uh, <laughs> My lads were watching uh, A New Hope, Star Wars Episode 4. All right, okay. Ooh. Yep. My uh, 10-year-old uh, asked to go to bed when um, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are fighting. He asked to go to bed? Why? Because he knows what's coming. <laughs> Did it make him sad? Oh. I, think it, I think I could see it. He was saying... It, it, could, it was coming up to that moment where Obi-Wan's like dis, um, disengaging the tractor beam. Yeah. And uh, so, Mom, can I go to bed? <laughs> and then they meet in the tunnel, in the uh, yeah, in the tunnel, and Darth's there with his lightsaber already out. Mm-hmm. Mom, can I go to bed? <laughs> and then they start dueling. So, okay, I'll take you to bed. I think he, yeah, I think he knows. And uh, my my six year old's going. He's all right. He's not going to die. <laughs> So they're going to finish it tomorrow and my six-year-old's going to be devastated. Oh, right. Because okay. Obi-Wan's going to get his head lopped off. Yeah, no, he just disappears, doesn't he? He's dead. Yeah, he's dead, but he <laughs> disappears, though, doesn't he? He chooses to become yeah, stronger than he will ever be. Luke, a Luke death. Yeah. Spoilers. He just tried. He yeah, but at least, at least he didn't try too hard on Obi-Wan. He just didn't try at all. <laughs> It's the complete opposite, in fact. Yeah. He gave up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well. On that note. Yes, that's a, a happier note to end on. We shall uh, see you in the new year or possibly in between. We'll see how we get on, what we decide to do. Yeah. Hopefully we're still mixing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, then. Thanks for your support in 2021. And we'll see you in 2022. Bitches! Yeah. See you later. Thank you for all your support in 2021. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) This is such a crock of shit. Deadly variants or political scaryans chest feeding i never sucked any ding-dongs wayne kerr Boot you take it out of i look like a war hardened goblin are you not entertained are you not entertained i got harry hello there 
Karen. Great. It is bonkers. Booch, take it out.